Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to an emergency Believe in Betting Chicago episode. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over and football is back. Look, you might not be at the game this year, but you can still get in on all the action at BetOnline. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always that online casino as well. It never closes. So head on over to BetOnline.ag today and take full advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses going on right now. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Coming up the pod, thank you so much for joining us here today. Bringing on my tutty guy, my Bears bro, David Raspoli, because we have breaking news on a Tuesday. This is supposed to be a day off for the Bears. It's not a day off for social media as we get word that it starts with Allen Robinson pulling all of his Bears pictures and all of his Bears swag off of his social media sites, scrubbing them, if you will, and then a couple hours later coming out requesting a trade through Brad Biggs, Chicago Tribune reporting. So Dave, on a scale of one to 10, how much is your head spinning? And give me your thoughts on this developing and surprising situation. I'm going to give you 10 Italian beefs, Joey. That's how much my head is swimming. That's how much my body hurts. That's how uncomfortable I am right now. There aren't enough shots of Ajus that can get us through <laughs> what just happened. <laughs> no. So, All the uh, sweet peppers in the world couldn't protect us right now, Joey. What do you think is going on? How do the Bears solve this? And just let's just try and unpack what is suddenly happening with our number one receiver. Well, here's what I think is happening is over the last few days, Joey, we've seen player after player get paid. Everybody's getting the bag in 2020, Joey. Running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, extensions, new contracts. So if you're a player right now in the year of COVID and we've seen a lot of players already go down to injury, you're looking around and you're going, hey, I don't know if you guys saw, but when we were getting housed by the Lions, I straight up laid out and caught a ball that probably only two other wide receivers in the NFL could catch. So you know what? Here are my quarterbacks. I've had Blake Bortles. <laughs> Chad I mean, Henney. Chad Henney. Don't forget I mean, Hackett, Hackenberg in college at Penn Blaine State. Blaine Gabbert. And then I come to the Bears. You give me six quarterbacks over the course of two years. And now I'm back with Trubisky. You told me I'm going to have Foles. You know what I want? Here's what I want. I want you to treat me the way I feel I need to be treated. Because you know what? The only injury I have right now is on my back because I've been carrying this team on offense, okay? My back hurts. So I think he just wants a little, a little money, Joey. And to be honest, I think we should give it to him. I think this isn't the way to maybe go about it. Like this weird, like leak of, of, uh, you know, it, it was definitely a PR leak of, Oh, his stuff's gone. Like, how do you just discover that? I, I'm pretty sure I looked at a rubs Twitter account seven or eight times. I couldn't tell you what's in his Twitter bio, buddy. And I love the guy. So that was definitely a leak and you just got to go. Okay. 
I, we see your move loud and clear. I think he probably wants to stay in Chicago. I don't know if I'm buying these trade rumors, but it's definitely scary, Joey, because behind A-Rob, let's just say he were to leave, it's not pretty. I mean, we have Javon Wims catching tutties, you know? What do you think? On the plus side, it does distract us from the smoldering situation that could be our quarterback position for just a few days. We're not going to be talking about Mitch Trubisky. We're certainly not leading this pod talking about him. Roll the clocks back to March. And the Chicago Bears, what did they do? They paid Eddie Jackson. Right. They gave Cody Whitehair money. They gave David Trevathan money. They gave Robert Quinn money. To they were shelling it out. Shelling it out. And that had been a precedent that the Bears and Ryan Pace have been setting for the last couple of years of, if you show out on this team, we will take care of you. And on top of that, what else have we also been hearing? Allen Robinson, great teammate, leader in the Zoom rooms. You know, what do we do without this guy? Leader on the field, off the field, the whole nine yards. So it leads to the question, why aren't you taking care of the one guy that you seem to be complimenting the most, especially during off season, and this guy that you depend upon? Making $10.9 million, he's the 12th the highest paid wide receiver. And yeah, you look at Keenan Allen getting paid, and I'm right with you. I was going to bring it up, but you hit it right on the head. After week one, couple diving catches from Mitch Trubisky in this 2020 landscape, he went to his agent and said, we got to figure this out. We got to put the, put the foot on the gas a little bit and trying to accelerate this. And what better way to do it than riling up Bears fans on, on social media? You Certainly. Know, you know, the frugal, the frugal comments are coming out. Why aren't you trading him? Every single blogger out in the stratosphere is like, this is the perfect guy traded to Patriots article. Put that in the cycle for a little while. Let the Bears fans think about that. And it definitely seems like a leveraged move right now. I mean, a distraction that I don't think that we want to have, but it really makes you think what's going on in those negotiations where they're so far apart that this is the move that A-Rob and his team feel like that they have to make at this time. Yeah, that's what's worrying to me is something obviously went south, Joe, in the negotiations. Because I had heard a few days ago that they were close. And then all of a sudden this happened, and that's got my attention, certainly. Again, I, I feel like they get it done. But you said it before, Joey. A-Rob is our best offensive player, and it's not close. It's not close. It's not an argument. Sorry. It's a done deal. So I think he's looking around the league, and he's going, look, Camara, he's the offensive focal point of the Saints. He's getting paid. You know, Keenan Allen, and name him. Everyone's getting paid who is the offensive focal point. And for the Bears, A-Rob has been that guy. I mean, we'll talk about this later. I'm more than happy to see other guys step up. I really want to see the Anthony Millers of the world step up and Jimmy Graham to squeeze out that last little bit or of whatever he has. But as of now, it's A-Rob. That's all we have. What have we been talking about this whole time? The Bears' offense was so bad last year. They need to take a step forward. Well, what did Allen Robinson do? He caught 98 balls for almost 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. And I guarantee you, probably four or five ghost touchdowns where he knew that he was wide open and our quarterback <laughs> couldn't get him the football. Stuff that we don't even know about. And so you're really starting to think, playing this forward now, what happens, right? I, you see a lot of stuff on social media about him 
holding out and sitting, not playing. Let's just drop that right now. That's not going to happen because guess what? If he holds out and doesn't play, doesn't get paid. Nope. This is about money. This is a situation where he wants his $10.9 million just as much as he wants to get paid for 2021 and beyond. So put that to rest. Trade doesn't make any sense to me. What are you getting back for that? And even if you do, let's say, get a second-round pick back. Let's say you even get a first-round pick back. What are you saying to your fan base and to your team week two in the season that you are punting by getting rid of a player like Allen Robinson just because he isn't happy? The message alone, I think, would be poison for the, for the locker room. And you would just have to think that Allen Robinson over the next couple of days shows up, probably answers minimum questions plays football and keeps it going. You know, they can franchise him at the end of the year. That still is always an option, an option that doesn't seem like A-Rob's team will enjoy very much. And you just kind of have to hope that at some point they do find a deal. I do find it funny in the NFL, though, where it is all about the guaranteed dollars. And I'm thinking Allen Robinson wants to be paid $20 million a year as a wide receiver. I'm guessing the Bears don't want to do that. They're paying him 10.9 right now. I bet you they would love to have him at probably 14 to 16. Is there a way that you can structure that money with Eddie Goldman opting out this year, paying him that 20, 22 plus maybe million dollars this year and moving forward, keeping him around, you know, you sign a four or five year deal. Let's be real in the NFL. That's really a three year deal. You play out the guaranteed money and maybe he goes back into the pool of wide receivers when he's 30, 31, I'm hoping that they can figure this out. It just seems to be that something happened along the way where, you know, they just, they warned the bears. They, they threatened the bears. The bears didn't budge. They thought that the the negotiations would continue. They did not. And after that week one, you know, it was a victory. That's great. But Allen Robinson's literally going horizontal uh, with his body to catch passes. I think he wants a little bit of some leverage and you see bears players from Tariq Cohen, Anthony Miller, taking to Twitter today to support their teammate. Yeah, I'm always in favor of, of the players. I think a lot of people out there are keyboard warriors and they hear stuff like this and they just want them to shut up and play and you're on our team, be grateful. But not only these guys, any other year normally putting their lives on the line, there's an extra additive this year of COVID-19 doing it during that time. I'm putting your family at risk. And look, you said it earlier, A-Rob is not this kind of guy. He's not a diva. He's not, he's not Le'Veon Bell. He's not someone who would normally cause a stink. I think he just got done with the game. We squeaked by the Lions. He looked around the league, and he was like, I think I'm as good as these guys or should be in the conversation. And certainly... I'm as valuable to my team as they are to theirs. You know, who knows? Maybe this could be a, an agent move where his agent was like, you know what you could do? What if we just, uh, hear me out. Hear me, A-Rab, Robbie, hear me out. We okay? start scrub-a-dub-dubbing. We just get rid of all the pictures. Everyone's going to be talking. Where'd those pictures go? What happened? Who's got the pictures? Where, where does the cloud have them? I don't know. Who has the pictures? Are they going to be leaked? We don't know. And then all of a sudden, you delete the bands from your Twitter bio. Everyone's going to be talking. Boom. Phone rings, and it's a you up situation. (laughs) Let's talk this out. 
what's so interesting about this is I think originally when we all went under into quarantine, the big side conversation in sports was, well, this changes the market, right? No teams are going to want to pay anybody anything. And let's be real. I think a lot of people were wrong on that. Where the landscape of the market now is teams are locking up these integral players now because I think there's a hurt coming down the road where salary caps are going to dip down. I think players entering free agency in 21 and maybe even 22, I think they're the ones that are going to catch the brunt of this. They're at a huge disadvantage. Right. So Mookie Betts now, you know, Mookie Betts gets his 340 million. As you mentioned perfectly, all these NFL players, you know, from running back, you know, DeAndre Hopkins even got paid from the trade. You know, you see all these guys and it looks like the market right now is being sort of shored up and taken care of, buttoned up because in the future it doesn't look so bright. And for a player like Allen Robinson, who came off a torn ACL, signed a prove-it deal that I think the Bears, to be fair with them, gave him plenty of money for a guy coming off a torn ACL. But he's proved to be healthy, proved to be an all-pro receiver, proved to be easily a top 10, maybe top 8, some say top 5 receiver in the game. And now is the time to make the move. And you just worry about that further somewhere down along the road. And this whole talk about save your money for a quarterback because we got to dip back in in the free agency. I'm done with all that. I'm done with that. We need to take care of what's on the team right now. And I'm hoping it gets done. Will it get done this week? We will see. Will it get done tomorrow? You know, will this be just a time capsule pod where – kind of came and went we'll find out but as of right now bears are on the clock and we'll see what they do tbd tbd i mean it might even be done as we're we're recording this i mean that's how fast deals get done when when their feet are put to the coals so we'll see and originally i was going to bring you on because there is a football game this week week two coming up giants versus bears bears with the home opener also very interesting, no fans in the stands, so they can't make their pleasure or displeasure known with the current situation going on with their star receiver. Are you excited for this matchup? Do you like the Bears' chances first blush against the Giants in Week 2? I'm excited to have football. I have a few trepidations about seeing the Giants again. That was a miserable game to watch. And to be honest... The Bears-Lions game was not a lot of fun to watch objectively. Could get ugly. (laughs) Could get ugly. I'll be interested, but I think there's a lot of similarities. I think the Lions' weaknesses are pretty much the Giants' weaknesses. Uh, Really bad O-line play, a quarterback that can make mistakes and for the most part looked like he was kind of staying in the pocket until it absolutely collapsed upon him. They certainly don't scare me, Joey. Just in the way that a week ago, the Lions did not scare me. And I was very scared up until that fourth quarter. (laughs) It was getting very tense uh, during that Lions game. And we could be in for a similar situation in week two because the Steelers, as choppy and as bumpy as they probably started off the game, started to really look like the Steelers by about midway second quarter. Yeah, they fell and into then, rhythm yeah. very quickly. That D-line got fierce, got fast, got mean. You know, they were bringing cornerbacks on blitzes that Saquon could not figure out how to pass block for. You're like, ooh, can the Bears take advantage of that? Well, they don't blitz as much necessarily as probably the Steelers do. And it's just going to be kind of interesting to see 
at some point it felt like the Steelers were manhandling the Giants. Can the Bears do that? I'm not so sure, but definitely a few matchups I'm looking at that I'm really interested in. You know, the Giants offensive line did not look very good. If you're thinking about not, you know, bringing blitzes with Buster Screen and or linebackers and just running with the horses that you got in front, I do think we have a great shot at getting home. And again, the Giants secondary, nothing to write home about. They tried to revamp that defensive line. Lorenzo Carter looked good. Blake Martinez is now the leader on that defense. And again, it looks like their cornerbacks, you know, they're playing rookies back there, inexperienced guys. Looks like, again, something that we can exploit. So some things that I am feeling positive about, at least from the Bears' perspective. Yeah, and I think I don't know if our wide receiver core is as good as the Steelers, but I think the receiver types kind of comp pretty well to them. I mean, you have James Washington, the speedster guy, you know, he's like a young Ted Ginn Jr. We'll say that. You know, A-Rob is our juju. We can, we can move him in the slot. We can put him outside. He's just a great possession receiver. And then we have Anthony Miller emerging. It's Miller time. I'm ready. 2020. We've been saying it. It's going to happen. I feel it. If he can just stay healthy, and that's a big old if, and I'm knocking on all things wood right now. But I think, you know, Deontay Johnson – dropped like three passes he could have had even a that much of a bigger night they have a big tight end as we do now i mean i think i think the outcome could be the same if we if we're watching tape right now if i'm the oc i'm watching the tape of the steelers in that second half and i'm going yeah this is what we do here's how we exploit them and i we gotta keep doing what we were doing the last game which is we committed to the run which I was very nervous about going into the game. But, you know, to their credit, to the O-line coach, Juan, keeping it, keeping it together for a little bit. I mean, we stuck to the run. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to be key as well. I mean, I think, I think if Benny Snell can make them look foolish, certainly, you know, if we get Monty going and Joey – I want to see Cordell Patterson get 12 carries, okay? Why not? The guy averages like 10 yards a carry. I'm pretty sure that's the stat right there. No, I mean, he's, he, he looks good with the ball in his hands, you know? And I think if we keep changing up the looks, we'll be okay. Little did we think walking out of week one, all the things that happened up and down, the one thing I could probably hang my hat on heading into week two is probably that offensive line. You know, they looked solid. They played clean. Not a lot of penalties. Got a little push was able to make some things happen with three different running backs. So three different styles at different times, able to get some positive yards. Didn't see a lot of, you know, guys getting tackled in the backfields, which was a great thing. And, and let's just keep in mind, let's run these stats back. Another matchup that is set up fairly perfectly for Mitch Trubisky at home. I mean, the Giants defense, yeah, they brought some new guys in, but still allowed the six most, most yards to quarterbacks last year, allowed 30 touchdowns. That was tied for most in the league. You know, 74.7 completion percentage to running backs, 66% completion to wide receivers while allowing the second most fancy points to that particular position. You know, even the tight ends get, got in on it too as well. They caught eight receiving touchdowns from the Giants last year. So all these different pieces of just these numbers that are coming in, and honestly, the Giants did not prove that they have improved that much this season. It's sitting on the table for Trubisky to possibly have another positive performance in week two. Absolutely. 
I mean, big Ben Roethlisberger, who runs like a grandfather. He looks, he's like knock-kneed. He looks like an old man that's going to collapse at any moment. He had like 20 rushing yards. I mean, it was there for the taking. And they did not, I mean, I think they got one or two sacks, but they did not have a ton of pressure on Big Ben in that second half. Well, an over-under Trubisky, yeah, over-under Trubisky uh, over 50 yards has got to be pretty much a a number that you think that he could eclipse. Absolutely. I mean, I think this, on paper, this is a game we should win. This is a game we should be 2-0. We should be feeling okay heading into a little bit of a tougher schedule as the weeks go on. But this is one of those ones we got to get. We, we got to get them when they're easy. And the issue with the Bears, this was their issue last year, I felt like we, we kind of play a team to their level. Like if it's a bad team, all of a sudden we should be blowing them out. We kind of like take a step down and we play them on their level. We play everybody in a tight game. We shouldn't have been playing the Lions in a tight game that, that it was, you know, all came down to a rookie's missed catch. It shouldn't have been there. And I'm just worried. On paper, we should roll the Giants. We really should. We have all the right pieces to do so. Will we do it? You know, will we do it? Another story that we (laughs) shall see unfold in due time. Yeah, we have a little bit more of the don't get killed instinct, perhaps more than the killer instinct as display upon, you know, Trubisky playing with his hair on fire in the fourth quarter in week one. In terms of this matchup against the Giants, what scares you the most about playing the Giants? Is there a particular position group, particular player, particular type of play? You know, what concerns you the most matching up with the Bears in week two? Uh, yeah, there's a guy on their roster. I'm looking him up now. Get it uh, right. It's Saquon Willie Gallman. Barkley. Oh. Saquon Barkley, yeah. Uh, screen passes, Joey. Screen passes. They've been our Achilles heel. They will probably be our Achilles heel in this game, certainly. And I don't love that Adrian Peterson gashed us for 94 yards. Maybe we can chalk that up to it's like a part of Adrian Peterson's DNA to just gash the Bears, you know? It's just like muscle memory. He was like, oh, yeah, I know you guys. I own you guys. And he just went nuts. Maybe that was all he has left. But... I don't think Saquon Barkley ends with negative rushing yards two weeks in a row. And I think that he's a guy who is very, very dangerous in space. And they started to set up the screen very nicely. He had a very nice game receiving. And that's what worries me is, is, is are, are we as quick sideline to sideline as the Steelers are, are we going to be able to catch up to Saquon Barkley in those bubble screens? And they did a lot of misdirection. They had a lot of like fake jet sweeps. They had Slayton and Shepard running all over. That's the kind of stuff that makes me nervous. How about you? I'm right there with you. I would love to come up with something different, but that is my biggest concern. There's other smaller ones, but we're in that catch 22, right? We're in that middle ground where everyone says, we've got to get to the quarterback, got to get to the quarterback. Where was the defensive line week one? We got to bring that pressure. Okay, great. How are you going to bring that pressure? Are you going to trust the guys up front to get it done? If you do, great. Hopefully it works. But if you have to get into a situation where you have to start bringing Roquan in, you got to start kind of disguising and bringing extra guys, 
that just sets up the Giants perfectly for that screen pass. And I tell you, that thing was lethal. Saquon's done it to us in previous games. I believe, you know, two years ago, I think he had a 65-yarder against us. And it just flips the field so quickly. And in a game where we think it might be tight, we think it could, again, be a little bit on the more low-scoring side, touchdowns matter. And when you have those big plays like that, it can really, really hurt the Bears. And just curious to see how they do that. You know, can they get that pressure on Daniel Jones? I feel pretty good about our secondary and our cornerbacks in terms of covering the Jaylen wide receivers. Johnson. Looking good. Looking okay. good, right? Yeah. Okay. And if you're going to stick, and if you're going to say, you know, Kyle Fuller, you take Sterling Shepard because we just think we want to take him out of the game. I feel just fine with Jalen Johnson on Darius Slayton. And then you've got, you know, Eddie Jackson kind of as that center fielder roamer. So I'm definitely looking at that area on defense. You know, I think we, we're – we always want the offense to keep making steps. We always want to see Mitch Trubisky getting better, but this week I think Bears fans are clamoring to see a Bears defense that they did not see week one that we were so excited about that a lot of us, maybe me, might have ran up to the fantasy board to select that round or two early because we wanted them and felt like they were going to bounce back this year. That's what I want to take a look at, and we're just going to have to sort of see how that all plays itself out. I'm with you. I don't think Saquon's going to have negative yardage again. I do think we can bottle him up for the most part with that offensive line. I mean, they have a rookie center. You know, they have guys in the offensive line that just played their first start in the NFL or their first start period, you know, throughout their career last week. So that's a plenty, that's plenty of room to exploit. Would love to see Robert Quinn perhaps practice this week, perhaps dare I say play this week, <laughs> but we shall see how that happens. You know, I want, I'm going to get a final score from you before we get out of here. I want to go back to you because we're always talking fantasy football real quick. Just want to get your read on, for, you know, for the fantasy freaks and audience members out there, looking at what the Bears did running game-wise week one. Nice to see David Montgomery out there. Looked pretty healthy, but dare I say Tariq Cohen and Cordero Patterson will definitely be in the mix moving forward, which could hurt David Montgomery's value. You know, how do you handicap those three right now, you know, just moving forward in the next couple of games? Yeah. I thought he looked good from an injury perspective, but unfortunately to me, to the eye test, he looked like 2019 David Montgomery. He was a guy that wasn't uh, creating a lot of space for himself. He's taking what the O-line's giving him, and that's about it. So that does worry me. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, I think these are the games you got to start him. These are the games on paper that it's not going to get a lot easier than this. Hopefully he falls into the end zone and bails you out. I think this week he's just a flex option. I don't even know if he's an RB2. I think if you have two better options, I'd probably be starting him over. Because, yeah, we saw four guys get carries. We saw, you know, whether it's Mitch, Cordero, Tariq. Some of those were design runs for Mitch. Uh, I just think... He's not going to be a bell cow. I don't think we view him as that. Maybe we're easing him up because of the injury, but I think that stays with Nagy. I think that that's a little seed in his head that he goes, I don't know if this can be a true workhorse type situation. And I don't know if uh, that's what the Bears need, really. I mean, we, we may just have to accept our identity as kind of this gadget team to create things to open up in the field, you know? 
Yeah, mix and match, but from a fantasy perspective, ultimately highly frustrating. Uh, you know, little that you can trust probably perhaps outside of Allen Robinson. And I'm right there with you. I, you know, Tariq Cohen, I still don't think is very playable from a fantasy perspective. My problem with Dave Montgomery is I'm in agreement with you. If he's your RB2 starting week two, I think you should be a little nervous and temper your expectations. In terms of the flex position, look at your roster. If there are some wide receivers or some guys that you like more, you know, maybe go that route because the floor is, the floor and the ceiling right now are a little bit too close to each other right now, in my opinion, for David Montgomery. And my fear for him is that he's going to flash one week, maybe disappear the next, and he's just going to be really hard to figure out game to game when they're going to heavily feature him and when it's going to be a little bit more of that, that trio there. But the good news is, I think, at least for David Montgomery, is they are definitely making more of a concerted effort to run the football this year. You know, he did get, I think, 12 or 13 carries in the game, which was basically what he got last year anyways. Yeah. So you're kind of hoping maybe he can get, you know, four or five more touches moving forward. But again, it looks a little dicey for me. I would I'd be a little bit wary, especially if he's your RB2 for week two. What do you think about Anthony Miller? I mean, pick him up. Pick him up. If pick he's him. out there, <laughs> if he's out there, pick him up. Here's what I'll say in deeper leagues, if you're running, you know, double flex or something, I can definitely see a scenario where that would work out. I would like to see a little bit more, you know, that touchdown catch, give him a nice fantasy line. Keep in mind that that guy did not do anything until they finally broke that 0 for 7 third down curse somewhere, I believe in the third quarter to get on the board. He finally caught, you know, he caught that 18 yard pass and then dude just balled out. I would be, I would definitely bring him on, bring him on my bench. Would I throw him automatically into my lineup and my flex? Probably not. If I had a choice between Anthony Miller and David Montgomery, I'd probably go with David Montgomery in my flex position. You know, what are you seeing with Anthony Miller? Is the arrow, the arrow's pointing up, but you know, how high and how hard is it pointing up right now? Yeah. I will uh, keep him on the bench for just another week, but I don't know if he, if he balls out again, Joey, he's going to be a fixture. Okay. I just can't say no. We'll turn in that situation where you start really crunching the numbers and you're like, wow, their second cornerback. Because let's be real, the good part about figuring out Anthony Miller is you'll know who the best corner on the opponent is, is taking Allen Robinson. There's yeah. no doubt in our mind there. So we can at least start looking and maybe pegging on those second cornerbacks on opponents, maybe guys that are getting starts because of injuries. And you can like, oh, Anthony Miller can really roast this guy. I will say though, watching the Steelers last night, those rub slant routes, those are Anthony Miller's – that's Anthony Miller's bread and butter, other than maybe Absolutely. going deep down the sideline, you know, getting him the ball after a one-two dig step, getting the ball into his hands. Hopefully the Bears exploit that. I don't feel like that's a big part of their offensive scheme, but just watching what Deontay Johnson and Juju were doing last night to the Giants' defense, you're like, oh, Anthony Miller can do that. Absolutely, and to be honest, I wish that would be our game plan. Those quick outs, those quick slants, get it out of Mitch's hand quickly three-step drop, zip it in there, give it to our receivers, and they're all yak monsters, you know? They're all guys that make plays with the ball in their hands, both A-Rob and Miller, and maybe Mooney. I mean, I liked what I was seeing out of both rookies. So I just think we need to get more creative. We need to play fast, and we just need to – put the ball in our, our best players' hands. It's not rocket science. It's the Giants. Let's do this. Let's go in there. 
Let's freaking bear down. Let's get a W, Joe. Let's feel good. I got my margaritas ready. They're overflowing from last Sunday. They were drank in the by halftime, and then I had to go out and get a, a new batch for the fourth quarter. Oh, man, the trials and tribulations of your margarita situation going on. Bears apologize to you, my friend. <laughs> it's, basically, it's basically what we're saying. For a That's second, a, I scrubbed all my Bears photos from my Instagram. <laughs> That's a great point that you're bringing up, though, about you can say what you want about the Bears and their skill players, but with their skill set, all of their guys have ability after the catch. Oh, yeah. And I haven't really, you know, thought about, you know, Taylor Gabriel last year was just a guy that honestly did not have that ability. And you could maybe say debate Tariq Cohen, you know, whether after first contact, whether he can get extra yards. But, man, I can think of four or five, maybe six guys that after they catch the ball can take you for a couple extra yards. And I think that might be the way to attack the Giants and get the ball out of Trubisky's hands, keep that completion percentage up. Going to leave you out on the fancy talk with Jimmy Graham, Standard leagues, I like it. PPR, a little scared, but so far so good from uh, Jimmy Jim Jim Grams. Yeah, certainly when we got down to the red zone, he was an option. Dave, he was how, looking there. How easy was that uh, just toss to Jimmy Graham for that touchdown? He just went up and got the rebound. And you're just saying to yourself, how do we not do that five or six more times this year? Just throw it up for Jimmy. He's, he's ten, getting it. Ten times. Ten times. That's, that should be option one, option two. And then option three should be uh, look down to A-Rob. He's covered. All right, right back to Jimmy G. Like, just jump ball it, man. It's Gronk made a, a living at it. And Jimmy Graham was like the OG. I mean, he was like one of the first basketball player converts that we had in the NFL. Now that's like such a common thing. But this is what the guy does. That's, 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 how, he, that's how we know who Jimmy Graham is. Let him do what he's best at. I think – if there's anything I want to see moving forward in 2020 from our Bears is so many of our players already have their own identity as to why they are offensive weapons. Let's just let them do what they do best. A-Rob yeah. makes contested catches. Uh, Anthony Miller is a yak monster. Let's send Mooney deep. Let's send Ginn deep. Let's have... Jimmy Graham catching tutty jump balls every other game. And let's keep it real simple for old Mitch Trubisky. Just real simple. And just put the ball in Corderell Patterson's hands and just tell him to run. Because that's I mean, what I think he's That's, an, that's another matter. guy. You're just like, you know, let's just create some fun gadget plays for a guy who just seems to be electrifying when he has the ball in his hands. I mean, he's kind of like become – I used to dog on him. I, I think there's a couple Believe podcasts I've been on where I was just dogging Cordero Patterson. And he's kind of become one of my favorites. Because when he gets the ball... You go, ooh, baby, what's going to happen? It's kind of like that Devin Hester feeling, you know, where you're like, every time he touches the ball, he could take it to the house. He just has that kind of ability. And we should be exploiting that. We should be letting our best players do what they do best. So to recap, I think from the fantasy perspective, Allen Robinson, YR1, you got to start, uh, sorry, WR1, you got to start him Big right time. off the bat. Anthony Miller on the rise, but, you know, maybe stay, take another week, keep him on your bench, get him ready to go, maybe in week three if he shows out again in week two. David Montgomery, I think we only like as a flex option this week. We don't see him with RB2 value. Tariq Cohen, I don't think is a playable. Jimmy Graham in standard leagues, yes. PPR, temper your expectations because he's touchdown dependent. And, you know, DFS, maybe Darnell Mooney. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Uh, what's, 
what's the uh, over under for the game? What's what's the game line right now? Right? Spread right now is Bears by five and a half. A number that I got to be honest with you, I don't like. That is a weird number. We call that a Vegas number. Yep. Where you know Bears got to win by a touchdown or more. Again, it's not, I could, it's not how I have it. I can see it. I can see it happening. But again, the Bears have also been susceptible to giving up touchdowns late when they do have the lead by ten points or more. That brings that spread right down. I like the Bears to win, but I, I, I'm, I'm feeling the Giants could cover the spread on that particular situation. What do you got for final score? I got a low-scoring game, Joey. I got 14-17 Bears. Wow. Okay. There you go. By a field goal. Last-minute field goal or just, you know, it kind of gets a little tight in the end and they, they hold off maybe with a defensive stop in the end? Yeah, I think it's the latter. I, th- I think we're, we're heading in the middle of the fourth quarter at 14-7, to seven, and then our defense shows up, makes the stop, or it ends in a Daniel Jones pick because, as you saw a couple nights ago, when the dude gets nervous, he makes horrible decisions. I mean, this might be one of the few games Mitch Trubisky is going to come out of where they're talking about the poor decision-making on the other team. Yeah. yeah i'm gonna go 24 20 bears win i just think uh like you said that turnover situation from the defense i think that could be alive and well this week watch out for that fantasy freaks out there daniel jones maybe a pick six some sort of fumble situation bringing like it that. back the other way you know maybe a special team situation too as well can maybe get them an extra score but i do like the offense picking up at least 17 points maybe they get the full 24 but I just have that feeling of it could be 24 to 10, third quarter, 24 to 13. Everything's great. Lottie da Saquon Barkley, screen pass for 65 yards. They score. Oh, getting a little tight. Maybe comes down to a final possession once more and see where the chips fall, where they may. And hopefully the defense can stop them this time without help, the help of DeAndre Sift hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm running it around town. I'm running that bit around town. Yeah, I'm trying it at really all are. the clubs, all the comedy clubs. Might as well. Might as well. Might as well. <laughs> Take their test drive. Dave, thank you so much for joining us here on Believe in Benny Chicago. We had to do an emergency episode because we had to talk a little Allen Robinson talk right now. Hopefully it gets sorted out soon, and hopefully the Bears can pick up a win in week two. Thank you so much for listening. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Thank you for listening to this one. Make sure you check the next one out because we got a double dip coming for you. I talked to Steven Rodriguez from Believe in New York Football from the Believe Podcast Network, giving me the inside scoop on Giants football, what he sees, what he likes, what he doesn't like, and the matchup coming up this week between his Giants and my Bears in week two. Until then, thank you so much for listening. Be safe, be good, be kind to each other. We will talk soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.